if we truly take Advent seriously, we are living by a little bit of a different rhythm. We're not being tossed to and fro simply by the consumeristic calendar of the world. Thank you for downloading our podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get new ones every week. And don't forget to check out First United Methodist Sweetwater's website and social media. Now, here is Pastor Ryan Strebeck. Welcome to a bonus episode of the podcast here at First United Methodist Church in Sweetwater, Texas. We had a special worship service last week called Lessons and Carols, and therefore did not have a traditional sermon. Since we did not have a traditional sermon, we thought it might be a good idea to release a little bit of a bonus episode on the subject of the season that we are in, which is the season of Advent. And as I thought about the season of Advent and what it means to me and what I've learned and how I have grown and how the communities that I've been a part of have grown over the years, I thought of a friend of mine, and I was reading a devotional book this week, and I realized that this book was given to me by a good friend named Bailey Barkley, and the signature is Barkley Advent 2004. So that was 16 years ago, and I want to welcome to this episode Bailey Barkley. Hi, Bailey. Hey, Ryan, thanks for having me on. Good to see you and talk to you today. So at least for 16 years, you and I have been grappling with the season of Advent as a part of our spiritual journey and practices. Uh, Bailey is currently a pastor at First United Methodist Church in Lubbock, Texas. He lives there with his wife, Randa, and their four beautiful kids. And so he's been a pastor in the Northwest Texas Conference of the Methodist Church here for, what are we going on, 15, 16 years? Yeah, I guess I guess I'm on year 17. Okay, year 17. So in addition to being a really good friend, uh, you've been a, a faithful pastor these years, so it's a privilege to have this conversation with you. Um, what do you think of, what are the first things you think of regarding the season of Advent, what, why is it important to practice this season and why is it important or helpful to even keep time on a little bit different schedule or according to what we call the church calendar where the seasons change and they change a little bit of how our uh, spiritual practices work? Good question. I feel like growing up, I grew up in a small town north of Amarillo, a little town called Groover, and I went to the Methodist church there. Uh, my whole childhood. And I remember when Advent came around in my heart and my mind throughout all my years of growing up, all Advent was for me was kind of just a get ready for Christmas season. It was basically the church language for get your tree up, go get your presents bought. Of course, as a kid, it was just, you know, get what you wanted from Santa Claus or whoever, siblings, mom and dad, anybody who could give me a present, make sure you got your, your, your wish list and in order and that kind of a thing. And it really wasn't until maybe, maybe until about Advent 2004, Ryan, 
that I really begin to have a deeper appreciation for what Advent is and what it needs to do in somebody's heart and in their mind. And so we, we, if we truly take Advent seriously, we are living by a little bit of a different rhythm. We're not being tossed to and fro simply by the consumeristic calendar of the world. Um, but uh, there's a little bit different way of life about it. So I, I, think, I think Advent today is more important than ever before, just because of the temptations to be consumer driven or overly busy uh, or try to meet these expectations of family and uh, the market world that we live in are just so high that Advent's a great counter to that. And we need it more than ever before. Yeah, that's good. So we, we, this is a, obviously a, a different year than we're used to and much has been said about that. Um, but I wonder if given that reality that we, that we live in with coronavirus and all the habits and everything that's changed, I wonder how helpful maybe especially this year, some different rhythms could be for families uh, and for folks who are uh, just trying to make it through, make it through life right now. Yeah, I think we know some people more than others, especially kind of have had, they've had their rhythm disrupted. They've had their practices or what they're used to disrupted. I know that for my family, I think that in the last probably 17 years, other than this year, there's only been one day I've woken up on Thanksgiving day in my own bed. And so, but this year we tried to stay away from parents and grandparents and really just wanted to honor that and try to do our part to reduce the, the spread because this tends to happen when large groups of people get together in someone's living room and every Thanksgiving is that for me. And so experiencing that disruption uh, is almost kind of a, it shows us on one hand, it shows us what we miss and what we long for. Uh, we sometimes don't realize how much connection we have until we're isolated. So the isolation itself creates a longing for connection. Uh, even physical connection. And so maybe in the same way, that's what Advent is designed to do. Um, it's a more self-imposed way of getting in touch with a deeper longing of the heart. And what is it that we really long for? Uh, do I really long for, you know, a new Apple watch or do I long for something else? And is there space in my heart that stuff, um, anything that's self-indulging can't really fill, you know, and, and can I create that space and reserve it for something greater like Christ to be in my heart? I don't know if that answers your question, but uh, I don't well, know. What, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that with regard to rhythm and, you know, just the year 2020 and everybody's kind of got a new thing and, yeah. How does that play into Advent or how does that relate to Advent? Well, that's great. I think in the same way that we, a lot of us look forward to January 1st every year. Uh, even you and I, we always joke about, you know, what productivity book are we going to read this year on December 28th and 29th while we're, you know, trying to visit some family or doing something and, and that's going to help us make some positive changes in leadership and in family life and, 
ministry life? Uh, what's, what's, what, what are we going to read and talk about? And how are we going to use Evernote differently and better and all that stuff uh, each year? And we nerd out about that stuff. So in the same way, I think I have come to appreciate Advent as a time where I set aside time to consider what habits, you know, what spiritual habits, what life habits and habits of the heart can I, you know, which ones are, am I neglecting? Which ones are need to be strengthened or re-implemented? Which ones do I need to set aside to make room for others? Where is my life too crowded? Where can space? And, and so 2020 is a great time to be asking those questions. You know, what is the quality in the midst of all the chaos? I mean, you know, you, you're on the front lines of this. Your wife's a registered nurse. You're a pastor. Uh, your kids are in the school system. I mean, life is out there as we consider uh, everything that we're involved in and the, the added stress and the added anxiety that we see. What room have I made for prayer? And, and uh, so I think that's one of the, the reasons I've looked forward to the season of Advent is because it always seems like a fresh start for me. And I love the idea of starting over and the thing, being able to really be honest about the things that I'm failing at so that I can make some adjustments and start some new habits. Yeah. Yeah, we, we do. I mean, we don't throw away the, the calendar. There is something about the renewal of January one. Um, it's almost like, all right, we got all that Christmas craziness behind us. Now let's get on with our lives. And I confess that sometimes for me, that just, I, I feel every year that I, I missed out on something in Christmas. I, I, I feel like I overate. Um, I, I either slept too much, ate too much, bought too much. Um, and a new year is like a clearing of the deck. For for Advent, when for Christmas, when really Advent should be a clearing of the deck for Christmas, and um, too bad, it, it's like we live in a sea of consumerism. I mean, I, I have a spreadsheet, I have an electronic spreadsheet of everything we're getting everybody for Christmas. My kids, uh, my parents, uh, my wife's parents, and we've got this spreadsheet, and and it just it's, it just speaks of. Black Friday and good deals here and this is on sale. And if you do that too much, it, it does something to you. The things we do, do things to us. And I think those, those things leave us without life. They're false promises. And we live in a world where, you know, Christmas is really a consumer thing. And therefore at the really, you know, Black Friday is the kickoff of the consumer calendar year. And it's, it's, it's an advent of something else. It, it's a, it's a hope in something other than Jesus, really. Um, it's a hope in stuff or, you know, some kind of sentimental thing that has to do with chestnuts roasting on an open fire and, you know, one horse open sleighs or something like that. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, you say the word like consumerism or materialism, and uh, maybe you could say a little bit about what you mean by that. Because I think, I mean, obviously what we're not saying is, hey, you know, 
you, sh- you know, don't celebrate Christmas. Don't get your kids stuff. Don't go buy stuff. And we, you know, me, I'm Clark Griswold and we love the, love the tree and get excited about Christmas. And it's fun to watch the magical part of it with your kids when they're little and getting gifts for people that may not uh, have anybody getting them gifts and all that stuff's a blast. Um, but what, what, it, where, where does it go from getting gifts out of love for people in your life to something you'd call consumerism or materialism? Oh where, yeah. Um, well, I'm not going to be okay if I don't do X, Y, and Z. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I don't want to sound like a ball humbug kind of a person here. Um, I, I don't, we, we, we go, I don't know if I could say we go all out on Christmas, but we do a lot in our family and, you know, we do the tree. My, my, one of my kids loves to just get the house all decorated. And I love the fact he loves to do it. That's less that I have to mess with. And it looks great and we love it. Uh, we watch our favorite movies every year. Um, like for example, I love watching the polar express, one of my favorites. And, uh, I love all that stuff. I love buying stuff. I love getting stuff. I love shopping online for stuff. Um, and the, the fact that I love it so much means that I have to call into question, what is it that I do love the most? Um, is this, is my desire for convenience? Is my desire for stuff? Is my desire to get other people things so they'll like me or whatever? Is that overriding anything in my heart that's desiring Christ and what it is that who it is that Christ is as he comes into the world? So, you know, one of the, I mean, I guess we're just preaching to ourselves here, Ryan. I don't know if anyone else is going to listen to this, but I know, I know you and I just need to have this conversation, just the two of us, because right. every every year we tend to talk about Advent, and uh, I think, I think a few years back I was complaining about John the Baptist because in the in the lectionary and in, in the in the order of the scripture that the lectionary serves up, uh, the first week of Advent usually is focused on Jesus's return. Mm-hmm. And then the second week and the third week are focused on John the Baptist. And I just remember thinking, how are we supposed to preach John the Baptist two weeks in a row? That's the dumbest thing in the world. But, you know, here John the Baptist is. He's in the wilderness. He's the opposite of materialism. He's the opposite of consumerism. You know, he doesn't shave. He wears very plain clothes, probably doesn't have any extra laying around. He's this prophet. He's very stripped down and simple. He's not attached to the things of this world. And that's a refreshing contrast to all that's offered to us. I mean, I just, I heard it today on the radio. This drives me nuts. The, the marketer, the marketing, you know, says you, you need the, whatever that you deserve. (laughs) Like, why do I deserve anything? Why do I deserve an infinity or why do I deserve a new Apple computer or a phone or whatever it could be. Um, And I think people are just, I think a lot of marketers are playing off the exhaustion of people. They're Mm -hmm. saying, Ryan, you've had bad boundaries in your life and you've worked too hard uh, because you couldn't say no enough and you're exhausted right now. And so because you've worked so hard, you deserve this. And so come get the thing you deserve. And I think it's just a trap. And I, I think John the Baptist wouldn't have fallen for that. So we probably need a double dose of John the Baptist during these times because um, 
it's these false promises that we buy into. And our economy is built upon people spending money that they don't even have. You know, um, how many people out there are in debt? I'm not, not just little debt, like their house, uh, but c- credit card debt. And, and often people are that way because we are making emotional decisions to try to feel, feed something or fill something up. Uh, we're not content with what we, we have. Maybe we're envious of what our neighbors have uh, or you know how it is with children. Well, dad, all the other kids have iPhone 11s um, and all I have is a seven, you know, so you're translation, you're a sorry father or whatever. Uh, Not that my kids actually say that, but uh, the voice in my head is tempted to believe that. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I just feel like we need that counter to remind us of what's true and right and real. John the Baptist wouldn't put up for this stuff, would he? Yeah. No, that's great. And, and, and again, this is where I think having those habits and those rhythms, just like the, the beautiful part of celebrating, part of the festivity of Christmas is, is that strange family member that's going to say the same weird thing every year or that hilarious thing that the kid, that one kid does every year. And these things are what keep us going that make life worth living, you know. Um, so as we prepare for joy and we prepare for, you know, the celebration of Christmas, all the more reason to be honest and to be real with ourselves and kind of get back to the fundamentals. I mean, part of, uh, looking at John the Baptist, every single advent, it's sort of like facing the boredom of prayer. You know, we've talked about that before, how, you know, prayer is going to be boring. It's not always going to be exciting. If you're going to learn to pray, you're going to have to face the darkness and it gets hard. And so I think Advent really helps us face the darkness. It helps us ask the question, what would it be like if Jesus was not entering into the world? What would it be like if Jesus was not entering it and present with us? If God was not with us through Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, what would it, what would life look like and what hope would be lost? So as we, cont- as we contemplate that and we face the darkness, um, Man, it just brings us right back. So in that way, it's just like a correct, it's like going for your annual checkup with your medical doctor or something where, you know, it's not always the thing that you're going, oh boy, I can't wait for that. But when it comes, you're so glad that you did and you're glad that you took the time. And so John the Baptist probably, he's kind of like your, your Advent doctor of the soul. You know, he's, he's standing there saying, are you paying attention to the people that really need your help? Are you paying attention to your own soul that's crying out for you to slow down and, and be still and know that God is God. So that's, that's great that you bring up John the Baptist. Yeah. Uh, I, it's funny you mentioned the doctor. I went to my annual well check visit. I think it was yesterday or the day before it's Monday. And uh, I had to give him my labs, uh, which is, you know, as Methodist pastors, they, they saw that we are sometimes not the healthiest people. So that, it's nice that what they do lab work on us every year now. And uh, it's pretty exposing, you know, if your creatine levels are not in the right place, whatever, it's like, I don't know what to do about that, but someone will tell me. And um, uh, those are good rhythms to have those annual rhythms. Yeah, that's good. Well, man, I really appreciate you taking some time to weigh in and make, make this possible. Like I say, if it's, if it's not good for anybody else's, it's encouraging and a good reminder for me 
um, as we kind of wrap up here, what are some ways that, I mean, what are some ways that we can make that kind of space? How can we, how can we create that space for longing? Uh, we've got just here, we're, we're two weeks out uh, from Christmas. What, what, what can we do with the remainder of our time? Oh yeah. I, I like what you just said about the boredom. If you, if you can't be bored, you really can't pray. Right. Um, like board, we are so conditioned to probably now more than ever before in the history of humanity, the human brain is conditioned to not be bored because we have at our disposal all kinds of ways to entertain ourselves. And um, I was thinking of the old tractor driving days when, you know, you had to spend 12 hours on a tractor and I couldn't get any radio. I was the worst, like thought I was going to die, but um, it's only through the land of boredom. And I think that's very similar to, you know, the wilderness of any kind, whether it's John the Baptist or just create creating that space. Um, so, so part of that means waiting for God. Advent is largely about waiting. Adventus, Advent comes from the word Adventus, which means coming. And if Jesus is coming, then I'm not in charge of the timing of that. Uh, I have to wait. And waiting is hard. It's probably the hardest thing we do. It reminds us that we're not in control. It reminds us that, um, and, and just the temptations to, to go do something else rather than wait. And so how do we do that? Well, good question. We have two weeks left. I think, I think what, we, what we have to do is we just have to lean into it and trust in our time of prayer. We say, God, would you just help me to wait well? Would you help me to open my eyes to see how I substitute stuff or entertainment or pleasure or anything that's kind of self-indulgent for, for Jesus in my life? That takes away my longing for Christ, and therefore I never long for Christ enough. I, mean, I don't wait around long enough for Him to show up. But I think God, what what is it? Is that a what? Is that a commercial? Good things come to those who wait. It's probably like a beer commercial back in the day or something. But it's so true, right? Um, God will come if we will wait. And so, what if we dug in a little bit and we're intentional these next two weeks to really to really do some things that help to prepare our hearts. Uh, there's a lot of scriptures you can read. Uh, you could read scriptures from the daily office or, you know, stuff from Isaiah. Um, all that's really good uh, to read and just to meditate upon. Um, so, yeah, I think you just have to realize there's something beyond that. There's something, there's something in the wilderness, but you got to go there it's not a place of convenience. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. We, even if it's just, you know, a day or two here and there, a night or two, you may not catch every night, but something that's where the little things with our kids, you light a candle after dinner on Sunday night and, and you just wait together. And it is kind of crazy. I never really thought about lighting candles with your children in the dark, getting ready for Christmas. You're, sort of leading them into the wilderness. You're saying you're helping them learn to face the darkness. Hey, it's okay. Uh, the world's going to be a dark place at times. And, and part of our job is to, is to be the light and to learn to look for the light. So those little, 
practices that seem so tiny at the time, you know, when, when kids grow up and they're our age, uh, these things make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, uh, like this morning I was reading on my daily office, just one verse, Isaiah 40 verse five, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. And I don't have to know everything that that means, but I can just sit with that for a while and let God kind of work on my soul while I'm doing it. You know, it's good stuff. That's great. Well, Bailey, um, wish you a blessed rest of your advent. Thank you for joining us and uh, all, all the best to you all and the first Methodist family there in Lubbock. And thank you to all of us, all of you who've uh, joined us and, and listened to this podcast. Thank you for uh, subscribing and, and being a part of the, the ministry of the word uh, here in Sweetwater, Texas through First Methodist Church. And uh, we wish all of you a blessed Advent and a Merry Christmas when we get to that time. And so God bless you all. Have a great day.